Hello and welcome to another magnificent edition of the Tutti Server Podcast. Well, I wouldn't say it's magnificent, but uh, we're farewell. <laughs> I wouldn't either. But uh, I was, I'm was i a bit sleepy, as usual. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to energize myself. So it probably won't be magnificent, but it's going to be really good. <laughs> You're trying to energize yourself with what? Well, you know, being Green positive. Tea? Being Actually, I'm <laughs> drinking tea, but it's a nervous infusion. You so You are always drinking tea. Yes, I am always. <laughs> hey... Maybe you don't know this, but it was a Portuguese queen that introduced tea to the English, to, the UK, to the UK. So, mm -hmm. uh, Portuguese people actually Portuguese don't have a, a big tradition of drinking tea. But well, I'm changing well, that. It's not exactly a big tradition, but people do drink tea in Portugal. Yes, people but uh, I do. I do more than usual. We're more of a coffee people. Oh yeah, that's for sure. So I'm taking us to our roots. I'm drinking tea, and uh, you are. I'm drinking water. You're drinking water. Okay. Plain, not sparkling. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I heard. I heard that uh, for us to be good podcasters and good bloggers, we need to be. We need to drink sparkle water. Oh really? Uh, John Gruber and Marco Armand and a few of those other guys uh, have. Um, I don't know how they how they do it, but they have uh, machines at home that they do. They do. They. They place water in it, and I've heard that's common. Yeah, it's common right. so, in the US. Yeah. Okay, so they drink a lot of carbonized water, mm -hmm. and uh, once they were, I think it was just John who was was joking around and said that that was a secret to be a good podcaster. <laughs> it was to drink a lot of fizzy water. <laughs> <laughs> so, my friend, you're in a good place. Uh, you mentioned it before we start that you have a, a bit of a schedule to keep because you're waiting for a, a phone call from Apple. Oh, you want yeah. to tell more about it? I don't know if it's exactly from Apple. At least it's from a support advisor, perhaps a, a contractor, <laughs> or is it within Apple? I don't know. The, the problem is that I, I'm experiencing some bugs and glitches on, on iOS 11. Uh, sometimes uh, there's no notification uh, panel or, or the lock screen simply doesn't uh, uh, allow notifications to show, or even the clock. I... And I, I can't access that, uh, that shortcut to the camera where you swipe uh, right to left yeah. uh, from the edge of the screen. Um, and it, it's strange. I, I did a lot of stuff to, to try and mitigate that. I, I did a factory reset and reinstalled iOS 11 and uh, did a, a restore uh, to my uh, backup. I do, uh, I do iTunes backup. I also do... iCloud back iCloud backups, but I I don't know I, I still prefer to to back it up on iTunes. I think we talked cable. about this before. You really like to keep your backups in order, you know. Oh yeah, <laughs> redundancy. <laughs> It's a good habit to have. I think it is. I think it is, but uh, it didn't solve my problem. Uh, but it did solve a, a quite a, a few other minor problems that I had. Well, I, at least I, I find them minor. I I did experience some hiccups on, on iOS 11. And the performance was simply, it's, it wasn't sluggish, but it, it was slower than, than before. And um, after the, the restore, it, it's fine. It's performing like, uh, like I'm used to on iOS 10 or, or on iOS 9. Um, so you're just losing the control center, basically. 
not the control center, the notification. Oh, I'm sorry. It's the, the other know. side. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think. Oh, I, said, I did it again. <laughs> <laughs> I swiped from the le- from top from the left. <laughs> so you're doing it wrong. That's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> no, before we started recording, we, I was talking to Louise, and I was saying that I, because I was reading so much so much news and and reviews from my from iPhone 10, that I accidentally tried to. To call up the uh, notification, not not the notification, the control center, by swiping from top to down on the right corner of the sc- right uh, upper corner of the screen. So yeah, this is a uh, I'm I'm not used to that, but somehow my mind tricked me to to doing that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have two things to say about that. First, uh, so listeners. He's talking about Luis. It's not me. It's and remember the guest we had uh, a few episodes ago. No, 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 no. Let me stop you right there. I was talking about you. You were talking about me. Oh yeah, the talk we had before starting recording. We had a talk. Hmm, I forgot. Oh man. <laughs> oh boy, it was just a couple of minutes ago. You know, so <laughs> okay. Stop drinking that tea. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> maybe it has something. Well. Since since I, I mentioned it, I, we've been silent for a while in the last month. Um, we haven't uh, done an episode every week because you've been sick. Mm-hmm. You're, st- you're, still, you're still a bit uh, sick, aren't you? I'm um, still recovering, yeah. yeah. And um, we also started to do a, a podcast, a spin-off of this podcast. We are now doing a podcast uh, in our native language, in Portuguese, with uh, with Luis Lorenzo when with mm-hmm. the guest we had on another, on the on the, another show, which was a, a suggestion he, he made on a, a feedback email he sent he sent us. Yeah, so we decided to give it a shot. So, uh, any Portuguese listeners that are actually listening to this podcast, uh, maybe you want to try the other one. Not stopping <laughs> when I'm when I'm tw- I'm saying try the other one and and still listen to this listen to this one. Okay. Don't stop. Don't drop the tea saber, please. Yeah. <laughs> Don't drop the tea saber. It's, it's the original, you know. It's like uh, Coca Cola and New Coke. It's still it's still Coca Cola. <laughs> <laughs> because every time you kill two tea saber, a kitten dies. <laughs> what? Oh man, that was terrible. Forget it. <laughs> it was a joke from Kickstarter that I heard a couple of years ago. Forget it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so you're having problems with your with your phone. Actually, um, you have an iPhone uh, 6s. I have uh, an iPhone SE, and I had no problems whatsoever so far. It's good. It's working great. I actually, actually, Carla also has uh, the same exact uh, exact model, and she she doesn't have a single problem. So you're just a lucky user. I'm not very lucky. No. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had any pro- any problems, and. Uh, I'm actually really, really liking iOS 11 just because of the new notification in Control Center. Apple, for several years, they've been trying and modifying them a bit, and mm-hmm. they, they have been improving. But there weren't there were there wasn't a year that thought it was it. You know, they were getting there, but it wasn't quite there yet. And now Control Center and Notification Center are a pleasure to use, and I, and I, I finally think they got it. Oh yeah. And you're not not even experiencing 3D touch because with 3D touch it, it's actually even better. Yeah, I don't have that. <laughs> you know, that's a shame. That that's the single 
feature I, I would miss on the iPhone SE. Well, maybe if they do a, a second and a, a, new, a new revision, they maybe include Maybe they will include 3D Touch because, well, because, well, just because <laughs> it's not really necessary if they, if they really want to keep a, a low priced iPhone, but uh, it would be nice to have 3D Touch in all the lineup. You know? Oh, yeah. And it's great since they they um, do you remember that they uh, disabled the, that shortcut that shortcut that I like with 3D Touch to quickly swipe uh, Force Touch on on uh, I'm sorry 3D Touch on the on the the side of the screen and swipe to quickly change from one app to, to the other. Yeah, but they reinstated it. But they yeah yeah they did. So it's great I have that already and I'm using it heavily. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, it's the one thing I would like to. I'm 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 really happy with the iPhone SE. It first is it's got the size I want. It has the same processor you have, so it's fast. It still feels fast. It's not an A11, but it still feels fast, and uh, it's a good experience. I'm really enjoying it. But I I would have liked to try 3D Touch. It's it's not necessary, but it would be nice to have. Mm-hmm. Plus, you have a better feedback engine. Uh, I I don't know it, how it's called Taptic Engine. Taptic Engine, Taptic, yeah. I don't have that on, on the SE, so. And it, it's becoming better. Uh, I heard that the iPhone Seven did an even better job at, at uh, doing Taptic feedback. Haptic feedback. Haptic I mean. feedback. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, and I think they they still improved it on on the iPhone Eight. I think. Is it something that you? That you're aware when you use it, or oh, yeah. you really oh, forgot yeah. it's there. Oh no! At least I, I do feel it. I noticed quite a lot the difference between a, a simple vibration and, and the aspect that the aspect that the haptic engine gives us. <laughs> Remember when they launched the the you know that thing that you put in your in your wrist? Oh, the Apple Watch. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit yeah. trying to figure out whatever you were saying, man. <laughs> Dude, this tea has got something. Um, uh, I listen. I'm listening to you. <laughs> so they actually mentioned that the the tap the haptic feedback on the on the I, I keep wanting to call it the phone. It's now a phone too uh, on the watch. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> it was very good. It was very pleasant. You know the vibration the people received. It was much pleasant than the iPhone. I can't really put my finger on it. Actually, I can, but <laughs> that was a joke. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> oh boy, it's quite interesting. The phones are getting um, well; they're losing the buttons, but we are getting more interaction from the phones and more mm-hmm. feedback, and that's that's something. Actually, it's a trend that I would like to continue to see. And you probably will. Maybe you haven't noticed, but we still haven't hit the main topics of this show. So before we... And we're, we're a, cu- a couple of minutes in. Uh, more than that. <laughs> um, but there was something I would like to mention because I'm, mm-hmm. I'm writing a few stuff on, the, on, the, on, our, on our website, tutisaber.com. Go visit. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I'm, you should, guys. I've been using the new Firefox, the nightly version, and I'm probably going to write about it. And I would just like want to mention that uh, that I started using Firefox a long time ago. Mm-hmm. I think you, t- you did too. When you were when we yeah, were in yeah. college, we both used it. It was my main browser, yeah. Yeah. On uh, Windows when I was a uh, Windows user. Exactly. When 
<laughs> I'm still a Windows user. I don't know if you know this. I think I, I told you about it, but not on the show. Uh, I started using Opera before Firefox. Before Firefox, before Firefox existed. No, I think I remember you mentioned, yeah. Yeah, and Opera, it's one of those browsers that haven't had much luck, but it was a really good browser at the time. Mm-hmm. It just had a, well, it, went, it, had, it had one problem. It, it was a paid app. And uh, you could pay, if I remember correctly, you could, it wasn't very expensive, but you know, I was a college student. I didn't have much money. And mm. the money I had, I need to save it to spend on beer. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> actually, I didn't do that. I spent most of my, my, most of my um, savings on books, but mm-hmm. I wanted to look cool and not so nerdy. So I said beer. <laughs> I was trying to picture you drinking a lot of beer. For the sake of me, I couldn't. <laughs> yeah, man, you remember? I was always, whoa, partying out. <laughs> You're an animal. <laughs> I was always sleepy, though. You are in other parts of your life, but uh, not drinking, no. I don't want to go there. <laughs> surfing, man. I, I meant oh, surfing. Okay. Mm, I take it. <laughs> I, I thought something, something else. <laughs> Well, as a result, I think they introduced um, a version where you could use Opera, but it had a huge banner with the advertising, Mm. so it wasn't pleasant. But uh, then Firefox, around 2004, Firefox launched a beta version or a release candidate, and I started using using it immediately. Not because I, I really wanted to use Firefox, but because... Internet Explorer was a bad experience. It really was. I just wanted to run away from it. <laughs> yep. And uh, Opera was a very good experience back then. And I started using Firefox because it was free. But it wasn't as good as Opera at the time, at least on the interface. Uh, it had several disadvantages. The one advantage it had, I don't remember if it was from the beginning or a little later, it, it was the extensions. Oh, yeah. And I think it was basically that, that... Uh, really popularized Firefox among geeks like us because it had it was better than <laughs> it was really better than uh, Internet Explorer and introduced tab browsing for us. Oh yeah that's what I, well, I was about yeah, to say. And yeah. extensions. The biggest change for me was tab, bro- tab browsing and extensions, yeah. But tab browsing changed the game on browsers, you know? Yeah I think Opera already already had tab browsing but extensions I don't know. I to these days I don't use them much. I I try to don't use I try to use just a few because they inherently make your browser slower and they have a few problems. They are better right now managing extensions. Uh, they sometimes they do get uh, slower if you use a lot of them. Yeah, but w- but uh, I, I basically use just a couple of, or extensions, three extensions like uh, Pocket, uh, the the extension for Pocket. The extension for one pass, some form of uh, ad blocking or something like that. Okay. Yeah, me. I have a few extensions myself, but they are very few. When I wasn't at the time, I used a lot of them. I don't know if you if you did, but uh, oh yeah, it was a it was crazy. Maybe ten or twenty. Wow. <laughs> oh yeah, something like that. I remember one that I liked a lot Firefox on Firefox that uh, it arranged my tabs on the left side of. And I, I, for some reason, it, I liked it a lot. Uh, it, it 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 would would be a, 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 a give me a better experience to to do browsing with the tabs 
And I still option that option. There, there are a couple of of, um, of extensions that still do that, but there is no nat- native experience like that on any browser. Uh, I, at least that I, I'm that I had that I have knowledge of. You know. Yeah. Um, do you know of any that kind of that kind of of, of thing? Well, actually, that's one of the things I still look for. It's uh, uh, an extension that allows me to manage my tabs more efficiently mm-hmm. because I'm a kind of, the kind of guy who has lots of tabs open. Oh, and, yeah. um, me too. Yeah. I'm always looking for a good extension that arranges them. I haven't found one that I like completely. I'm actually, this, right now I'm using Toby on uh, Chrome. But okay. uh, it's not there yet. It's the best I had so far, but it's still not what I want. And and most importantly, I want it's something that I, I want integrated integrated on the browser and not as an extension mm-hmm. because it's an extension that has access to everything I visit on the web, and I really don't like to share that information. Oh yeah, that's one of the things I like in, in Explorer because you uh, the tab management is really great. Mm-hmm. Um, you can do. Pin tabs like you you Internet can on, on Google Chrome. I said Internet Explorer. Yeah, I said on Explorer. Oh, I'm sorry. I I, I meant Safari. <laughs> uh, <laughs> one of the things I really like on Safari, I mean, is the tab management because um, you can you can scroll on your tabs uh, with the, the trackpad, like you can scroll on a, on a page with two fingers gesture. And you can hit a, a button that uh, does a kind of exposés to to your tabs, and you can access uh, all the tabs you have on a, in a thumb in a, a big thumbnail, if you will, uh, with a preview of the the content from that tab. Um, yeah, I like Safari, but it's it, it's still not what I need. I need more. <laughs> Plus, I'm mm. mainly a Windows user, so Safari is not an option. Oh yeah. And, well, just to conclude this part, uh, we both, I think we both alternatively use Chrome right now. I started using Chrome a few years ago. I don't remember, I don't remember exactly when. At the time it was, Firefox was, was really lagging behind and Chrome came up and it mm-hmm. was faster. And each tab was its own process. So the, all the, exactly. yeah, the, the browser didn't crash when a tab crashed. When a tab crashed, and that yeah. was a really a, a revolution at the time. Uh, by that time, I changed to Chrome, yeah. But at the time I I went with uh, with Macintosh, I almost uh, exclusively uh, started using Safari. But now that we started a podcast, I I'm back it's to Chrome. Chrome. Yeah, a little bit. yeah. <laughs> I forced you to that. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it's actually Safari's Chrome or Apple. Um, I'm sorry, it's actually Apple's or Safari. Uh, um, fault. Fault. Yeah, because uh, Safari didn't, or I think it just started supporting RTC, and we need that for the podcast. Mm-hmm. But it's still buggy, and but we, probably we're we are going to use Safari eventually. Time, yeah. um, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a joke here on the new Firefox. I just want to say that it's the version I'm using. It has a, a modern styling. It is really fast, so. I'm really liking it. I'm considering when the final version comes out to abandon Chrome. Yeah, I'm really enjoying it. And I miss Safari. I know it's, I'm nostalgic for, for Safari. Uh, I'm for, um, <laughs> Firefox. I'm sorry. For Firefox. Yeah. And they have, uh, you know, everything that, um, they were missing. They were missing that, uh, that, uh, tab, that, um, 
process uh, tab uh, separation they have them now mm-hmm. the it's the new engine they have it's really fast and they call it uh, project one project quantum so <laughs> they did project the, what? quantum so they did a quantum leap. quantum oh boy not that joke again <laughs> it's you know yeah they call it no, they mean the process is the process. The process is really small, you know, and and it's no, it's kind of cool <laughs> because it's more performance. Firefox <laughs> Quantum, two times faster. <laughs> yeah, I thought you would enjoy that joke. Oh yeah, but it's. I think it it's again um, a browser that uh, can compete with Chrome. I don't think if they can recuperate the the loss of users they had because Chrome actually took over the the market and mm-hmm. it will probably stay that way just for inertia and because although Firefox it's is much better it's not so much better that you would abandon Chrome just for it there's a couple of things I I miss of on most of these browsers that that it is actually a feature on on Opera which is the the integrated um, chat APIs that you can access uh, for Facebook, for Instagram, uh, for WhatsApp. Oh, man. Uh, Is it still a feature? Yeah, I completely forgot about Opera. That's the the other strange thing. Opera was a good browser. It was completely Mm -hmm. eclipsed by Firefox because it was a paid app. Eventually, they they started offering it for free, but it was too late. Firefox already had... uh, had uh, conquered everyone that was willing to leave IE. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, through the years, they always had a, a nice um, a nice browser. It it had some problems mm-hmm. rendering some pages. It wasn't as uh, reliable as Firefox, for example. There was always times that you needed to abandon Opera to launch some web page. But uh, from an interface point of view, it was really advanced. And they have... Mm-hmm. Uh, some yeah, they have the, those, those integrations that you're talking about. They have a uh, a very handy sidebar with integrations for common use uh, applications, it, which is actually very useful. Mm-hmm. They also had uh, from a few years ago, I think, uh, Tor integration. Um, not Tor. <laughs> maybe they have Tor integration. They, maybe they they have talked. Maybe they have uh, I don't know. Chris Emsworth. Chris Chris Emsworth approval approval. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's a dead joke right there um, but they had uh, they had um, what do you use to download torrents I don't use that anymore so something like transmission how do you call it a torrent manager torrent manager perhaps yeah torrent downloader okay, from, they have an integrated torrent downloader manager so there was always very interesting from that point of view but they never caught on I, I'm still thinking they have 1 or 2% of the market it, actually I'm surprised they still exist they do, yeah, and they have a built-in VPN, which I think it's great. I don't know if it, it it's a great VPN or not. Uh, I actually have uh, have a service that I that I um, subscribe to, but uh, this one is free. So if you're into into that and perhaps want to use a VPN but don't want to spend money on it, perhaps Opera is a great choice for you. Yeah, well, well at least it's give it a try. It's a it's a nice browser. Mm-hmm. Uh, my girlfriend likes it. She prefers it to the other browsers. Uh, IE has changed a lot over the years, but it never got me back. Isn't it called Edge now? Or is it that another thing entirely? Um, well, I'm not sure. 
It's called. I think there are, there are both. Windows has the traditional IE and, and really? Edge. Yeah. And Edge. Well, because it's in in typical Microsoft. Yeah, in typical. Fashion. It's confusing. You should try using the Surface. <laughs> it's you. You don't know when you're using a a desktop uh, a desktop <laughs> app or a, a tablet app. It's well, never mind. That's another topic oh, altogether. Boy. Still in relation in relation to Opera. Opera was, I think, it was the first launch uh, mobile browser for Android and uh, iPhone. I, I think iOS. Uh, mm-hmm. I never really. I, I tried it. It's a nice browser. It's okay. I it didn't. I'm trying to remember why I didn't use it. Why didn't I use it when I was using uh, Android? But I think the reason is I use Chrome on the desktop. And I, so I use Chrome on Android because I had my tabs synced and it was just, uh, you know, I was on the ecosystem, <laughs> on the ecosystem. Mm-hmm. But I get it, yeah. But Android actually does a couple of things better than iOS in that regard. Because it lets you choose the default default apps. If I'm not, uh, yeah, it it does. It does let you when you launch an app. It wants it, it. It asks you if you want to make it the default. It asks you, okay. And do you think that it makes a difference on day to day use to to be able to choose a a, a different uh, browser as a as makes the sense main on browser? Android. I don't think I would want that on iOS. At least not implemented. At least not implemented on that way. Because um, once you choose, you, then you have to go again to definitions. If you want, if you change, if you change your mind, or the, the the question is, sometimes you want um, you want. Uh, let's imagine you use Chrome. Okay, you want to open everything in Chrome. That's mm-hmm. that's settled. Other times. You may want to open a document on a PDF reader, but other times maybe on another application, you, you know. Okay. And it's it's kind of a I didn't like the experience of every, of always having any time I wanted to open th- something, I had to tell him, "Do you always want to open with this or no?" And I, mm, I thought it, okay, I, I thought it was kind of a hassle, you know, having to decide every time, mm-hmm. "Do you want to be the default?" Um, not this time. <laughs> <laughs> you can you can say it never, but I wasn't sure. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> I don't know. It's it, yeah. It gives you more more choices, but most of the time I didn't I didn't look. I like iOS. I like most of most of the decisions Apple makes. Not not every decision we criticize a few, uh, but mm. that's one of those cases that I think um, more choice isn't actually better for you. It's yeah, not for me. From for other people maybe. But not really for me, and I'm I really mm-hmm. like Safari, the mo- the mobile Safari. It's yeah, the mobile Safari is actually pretty pretty good. Yeah. I prefer mobile Safari to Chrome, to Opera, to any other browser. So I'm really happy with it. I have it. Chrome <laughs> installed on on my iOS device, but I, I actually don't use it that much. I, I think I, I did once to access something within Google. Um, uh, but I, after that, I think I, I went, I went with the, uh, with the, the dedi- dedicated app. I think it was, um, documents, uh, that, Google Docs. Uh, that app, that Google, Google Docs. Okay. Yeah, that's it. But uh, I remember one thing uh, a couple of years ago when the, um, some companies began, began developing, uh, browsers for iOS and uh, there, there was this, this offer, this huge offer of, uh, different browsers. I remember one called Cab, and 
Do, do you recall that? There, there was a couple yeah, of... I used a few dolphin, grazing. I used several. They, they all used the, the same engine, basically the, the Safari engine. But they did some innovative th- stuff with the user UI. They did. Uh, it was interesting. I, I tried a couple of them. And I remember that there was mm-hmm. one that I used for uh, a lot of time, for a long, for a long time, that uh, you can manipulate everything with your thumb. Oh, nice! It, it had a you know um, basically a, a dial on the bottom right corner, and you could do everything without mm-hmm. having to. Well, you could do everything with your thumb. It was a very really, it was a really nice experience, but it's one of those mm-hmm. things that I, it it needs it forces the user to learn the gestures, and it's not so it's not as intuitive as uh, intuitive. Yeah. A safari. It's not as intuitive as Safari. There was really a lot of good ideas around, but Safari was always good. <laughs> it's it's good enough that most people don't really don't need to to search for an alternative. But I think some of it was to do with uh, Apple's fault because they they released some of the APIs to the developers so they could could do browsers. But uh, they kept something just for Safari, do you remember? Because Safari would have an edge, uh, on speed at least. I'm not quite sure what what it was, but it was a piece of, of uh, API that was API that was locked up for Safari. But it's not it's not outside character for Apple. <laughs> it was probably on the time that Apple denied the apps on the App Store when they said they duplicated mm. functionality mm. of of a native oh, app. Yeah. In it. something like well, that. Fortunately, those days are gone. <laughs> like I said, sometimes uh, Apple control is a bit a bit overbearing, but most of the times it's I prefer it. Oh, and I, I was calling that uh, recalling that um, there were a couple of browsers that the main feature they process uh, oh, Flash, yeah, <laughs> because a lot of people were still hung hung up by, by Flash uh, functionality on websites and. And video. A lot of apps promised some kind of functionality regarding quite a couple of just to see how they worked, and they were really <laughs> crappy. Yeah, um, actually, I remember that was a, a big uh, selling point of Android. It supports Flash, and yeah, mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> I don't think it supports it anymore. <laughs> we all see how yeah, that we'll went. <laughs> it's a terrible idea to put uh, an application that can. Uh, really be detrimental to the performance of your desktop on a small mobile device mm-hmm. with a very limited battery. Do you want to say anything more about browsers? No, I think we, we can finish because it. Because there's something I want to talk, talk to you about. We we were together a couple of weeks ago and, uh, well, not together together. We went to see a movie. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go again. The colors on our logo. Okay, this this was a <laughs> this was on purpose. It was just messing with you. Um, but we were together and um, we went we we went to see. Uh, I want I want to see the new iPhones and uh, rest my eyes on an iMac. <laughs> and you showed me a mm-hmm. new camera from. Uh, actually, you showed me the showed me a. You've shown me a camera that we've talked about on the on the podcast before, the the Fuji XT2, and XT2. I can tell, yeah. well, not for the performance, I but by the size of it, why you like it so much because it really is a 
the camera and the objective it's a really really the lens yeah and the lens it's 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 a really small package comparing compared to what you usually mm-hmm. compared to what you use now and it's quite a beautiful piece of hardware isn't it yeah it is and i like the idea of you having programmable buttons mm-hmm. well that's not exclusive to it uh, a lot of cameras these days have it but uh they really went overboard overboard with that you can program a lot of buttons yeah but for for a photographer i can see how that can be very advantageous advantageous but you've talked to me about a new camera from sony and i would like you to share that with (laughs) with our listeners because it was a a really interesting camera it had some flaws Mm real the price basically which it's the price basically yeah because the camera it's really awesome but the price isn't quite there (laughs) And uh, just to just to set the record straight, it's from Canon, not from Sony, and it's from their their line of uh, compact cameras, their top of the line compact cameras, the G series, and it's called the G1X Mark Mark III, and that's the first thing I liked about this camera, which is the Mark designa- designation, because it reminds yeah. me of Tony Stark's <laughs> Iron Man. Okay, suits. yeah, Mark One, Mark. Yes, of course, of course, you like it. <laughs> <laughs> and Canon uses this um, to to name their the successive camera from each year. Uh, not all of the models uh, use this this uh, designation, but um, uh, I really like this camera because it, they did something that I wasn't quite expecting. They they did a small package, a camera a, fo- a form factor that uh, that it's for all intent and purpose uh, a compact camera. It's very similar to last year's G5, uh, but the G5 um, used uh, a one-inch uh, sensor. This one uses an APS-C sensor, which is more than twice the size of a, a, a one-inch sensor, which, as you might guess, it's, uh, it does a, a lot of great stuff to, uh, in image quality department. <laughs> it captures more photons. It captures more photon, photons. It probably has more resolution sometimes, and the pixels are bigger. And that's an awesome thing to have on on a, on a camera. Bigger, bigger pixels, <laughs> not more. Oh, and it is waterproof, right? It's not waterproof, but it, it's um, they they market it as uh, water resistant. You know, <laughs> I wasn't. Uh, I forget. Insinuating that I could yeah. uh, use it under underwater, but <laughs> I actually can. If you if you pay five hundred bucks for the um, underwater, no, yeah. What I, what I meant it was it's for a camera for a professional camera. You needed to be water resistant at least. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. But uh, the camera is really great. It shares the the same uh, image processor as the ATD, which is um, well, camera is being lagging behind the um, the competition for some years now. But the uh, the new sensor, the the EOS ATD sensor is a, a really great sensor and it, it uh, reduced that uh, that distance from the competition uh, it doesn't surpass the competition but at least it, it's not lagging as much behind as it was and um, this camera sports one and it's really really small it's almost a pocketable camera and uh, it has a lot of things that I like it has the the, um, the appearance and the, the functionality of a DSLR because it has a, the, the top uh, centered AVF uh, display which is an OLED display and it has a lot of resolution, like the XT2, and um, it has a flip a flip screen, 
which these days is a must-have for video and for close-to-the-ground macro shots and things like that. And one of the best things about it is the dual-pixel configuration on the CMOS sensor, which the dual-pixel uh, allows for a better focusing. Uh, it allows to do phase detection fo focusing without, without the need to, to have a, a phase detection pixel sensor uh, outside the, the, the image sensor. I got a bit confused over there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. I'm not a photographer. I got carried away with the with the, no, the tactile. <laughs> I'm sure there are some listeners that will like it. But uh, for what I, for, from what you told me, it's a really compact camera that it's really great for a normal mm -hmm. use for a casual use. Yeah, it is, and even as a second camera or a, or a third camera for for some professional or semi professional use, you know. Because uh, the the picture quality is there, and uh, for the samples I've seen on the internet, because there, there's there's still no re full reviews available, the camera is really really recent, and um, the picture quality is really awesome. the 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 lens is fixed as as it would be on a, on a compact camera, but they 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 managed to engineer the lens around uh, around the sensor with a great design and a great uh, in, and great quality as it seems. Or at least as you can judge for, by the, the samples provided. Do you see yourself recommending it to someone like me? For example, if I wanted to a good camera, but something simple, just to take regular pictures, mm -hmm. it would be a camera that, well, uh, yes. that you, you would recommend? Yes. A couple of years ago, I would recommend every, every, to every single person who would be interested in photography to buy an, a DSLR, even with, with a kit lens and one of the cheaper models. I would, yeah, but that's a bit more complicated. It, it's not. It, it's, it doesn't need to be because you ha you'd still have um, full automatic mo uh, automatic mo uh, modes and things like that. Yeah, sure, but it's a bigger package. You have to make decisions what lenses. Yeah, if, if you go for something like a Rebel or one of the lower uh, lower series from Nikon and things like that, it's not that big. It's it's uh, it has a lot of volume, but it, it doesn't have a lot of weight. You know. So and and if you really care about image quality, I would all, always always say that you should go for a DSLR. Hmm. But that's not the case anymore, and that's one of the things that I find more interesting in these days. Because I now I I don't recommend DSLRs anymore. I recommend premium premium compact cameras, or even a, a mirrorless camera. So if it was uh, someone that is not a professional and doesn't want. Uh, Mm -hmm. Or it wants a minimum of fuss. This is a good camera to buy, or something, or something as a step up to a camera phone. This is a this is the the, the way to go. Yeah, uh, unless you're not willing to part with a um... twelve hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah, that was the sticking point we were talking about earlier. Because when you talk to me about it, I, I imagine that a camera that was positioned like you were saying, not a, not a DSLR. But mm -hmm. some, but a very good quality camera, uh, compact camera. I thought it would be around uh, six, seven, maybe eight, even eight hundred dollars. And that's about the price you pay for a G five X. You know, the, the the other camera I talked about. Not twelve hundred. It it seems a bit steep. It is for it is. for someone like you that has a DSLR. It would be a nice second camera for you to carry around. Mm -hmm. But it's it's very expensive. It's. <laughs> it is because. With that price, you can buy one of the mirrorless offerings, even from camera. They have an, an M5, which is basically, it is exactly a, almost the same camera. Okay, it has an interchangeable lens, and it's a, a little bit bigger. 
but uh, it's the same functionality. And uh, if you can buy, you can buy it with a kit lens, almost the price of this uh, of this camera. And although I do like a, uh, a lot of things about the G1X Mark III, uh, not having uh, at this price point, not not having uh, inter- interchangeable lenses, it's it's really not it's really not great, you know. I understand. It's great for for an amateur, basically, that cares about picture quality. It's not so good for a professional. No, no, don't get me wrong. It's, it is great for a professional, but I, I think the price point... It is wrong. No, I, I was saying at that price point, it's still good for someone like me. If you have the money and you want a, a good all-round camera, it's still a good buy. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, but for someone like you who would like to have one as a, a spare, not a spare. Not a spare, a second body, yeah. It's, it's too steep. At least for me. Perhaps there, there are professionals that might be able to justify this camera. But I'm considering the I'm considering where it is in relation to the other cameras. It still seems steep. Mm-hmm. It still seems that the, no okay. It has it's a good quality camera, but it it costs a few hundred dollars more than it should for the for the market they want to to, to achieve. That's it. Because of the, the G5X, as, as I was saying, which has a one-inch sensor, is about 700 bucks or 800 bucks, And for, a, for a, a premium camera, that's okay. That, that's really fine. And if they introduce this one almost at the same price point, I know, I know it has a bigger sensor. It has added functionality and things like that. Even so, I think it's too much for, a, for this type of camera. Well, that's all for today. I can't. I, I really can't stand to listen to you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we spent a lot of time in browsers, so we're running. We're running out of time, and we'll see you on the next episode of uh, the Tutti Saber Podcast. Yeah, thanks for listening, you guys, and be sure to pay us a visit on our our new website. Yeah, go to our website. We love we love visitors. <laughs> Bye. Bye, you guys. Bye.